Welcome to Behind the Woman. I'm your host, Dr. Johanna Rogers. It's extremely important for me to be in a space where I could be recognized as a deputy mayor. What's more important is for me to be accessible enough that you can see yourself as a deputy mayor. If I'm doing this work and next year I'm still the only one, you haven't done your job. I haven't done my job. Mentoring is everything to me. Paying it forward is everything to me. To be better for others, you have to be the best for you. Every one of us is the last chance somebody gave us. This program is brought to you by the members of WCNY. Thank you. National Grid is proud to support Behind the Woman because of the energy it provides to our community. Thank you for tuning in to Behind the Woman. I'm your host, Dr. Johanna Rogers. On tonight's episode, we sit down with the Deputy Mayor of Syracuse, Sharon Owens. We talk about womanhood, mentorship, and most importantly, giving someone a chance. Let's meet Sharon. My name is Sharon Owens. I'm the Deputy Mayor of the city of Syracuse. I was appointed by Mayor Ben Walsh in January of 2018. I grew up small town girl, just west of Syracuse, I'm like right in the middle of Syracuse and Rochester and grew up there in a small town named Geneva, New York. So I grew up very much in a community that while it was small, it was very diverse. My dad um, was an electrician. My mom was a beautician. I watched two people go to work every day and also to be entrepreneurs because she owned her salon and they both owned the bar. I had a, a family member that was doing recruitment here at Syracuse University and so came to visit the campus, loved it, was able to come on board and um, come on the campus and, and began my studies then. Been in Syracuse ever since. My mother was very much a social activist. She was the individual that would go down to the police office, the station, and, and have protests. She was the one who would, if there was a business that was closing, she would be a cohort of people going to the business to talk about how that would affect that small community. And she just tells me, you know, where I came from, where I grew up, right now sounds very similar. And you all have to be very diligent in making sure that this country doesn't regress into where I came from. And I make no apologies. I, my faith is in Christianity, and it's all based on, um, on those teachings. And it is that when you see someone in need and you have the capacity to help, you are called and required to do so. The other premise I live on is that if you ignore the plight of your neighbor, eventually that plight is going to come knocking at your door. What goes around absolutely comes around, and you have to pay into your existence. You have to pay into your community. You have to pay into this community, this world, our country. You don't get away with not doing that and, 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 being, um, and thinking in some way it's not going to come back and knock at your door. 
that innate thing that's in me that wants to make right wrongs, that wants to help people when they need help, that's what I did out of college. Working in south side neighborhoods, east side neighborhoods in Syracuse, a little bit on the west side, working in neighborhoods just to help people. I found myself in the midst of conversations and the midst of actions that may have seemed political to the people I was talking to, but for me, it was a day's work. On the side of working in departments, and that's where the work happens, on the ground, in the departments, amazing people. But if I'm gonna do this again, I need to be on the policy side of things. Mentoring is everything to me. Um, paying it forward is everything to me. And so whether it's a formal speaking engagement or somebody called me on the phone and said, can I run something by you? And I'm like, yeah, sure. It's extremely important for me to be in a space where I could be recognized as a deputy mayor. But what's more important is for me to be accessible enough that you can see yourself as a deputy mayor. My time will come and go. I don't want to be the last. I need to be sure that I'm setting a standard for myself and for everyone else looking at me that I'm holding myself accountable, but doing the work. The richness in this community of African-American and women of color and Latino women who have climbed the ladder, and I mean, nobody gave them anything, and really doing the work, just doing the work. I, I love the title, Behind the Woman. It is an opportunity for people to hear us, not the stereotypes, but the full richness of who we are. I'm honored to be asked to be part of this series. Yeah. Um, it is so important, and we're in a point in Syracuse where we have decided that our stories need to be told the way we want them told. Um, too much, too many times, general media tells a story that gets the clicks or gets the TV play or the radio play, and that may not necessarily, and most times it is not our story. Right. So these opportunities are critical so that the um, multi-layeredness of who we are Absolutely. appears through the, the highlight of whatever the story is at that time. Right. So thank you. Thank you for coming. Because mm -hmm. I was like, I can't ask Sharon Owens to do this because she's the deputy mayor. And then I was like, well, maybe I can. Um, it was interesting you say that because <laughs> people walk up and they'll say, Deputy Mayor Owens, and I'll say, um, Sharon, because you knew me before I got that title. Right. And so people remind me that title is not just for you. <laughs> and so right. you need to l allow us to say and call you that. Right. And so I said, okay. Right. And when you sat down here, mm -hmm. number one, I get so excited because <laughs> you know how I feel about Sharon. No. Okay. And because you were a person that gave me a chance here. Mm. I'll never forget that. Never forget that. I'm at the community center. I'm probably, I think it was the first year. I might have been there a few months. Right. And, and all of a sudden, this um, very tall, beautiful woman <laughs> walks in the door. And um, it was just something different about you. You walked in and you said, somebody told me to find Sharon Owens. And I immediately say, uh-oh, what did I do? Because I'm always that did something person. Right. And uh, you just said that you, you, know, you were in our town and you were looking for an opportunity. And I said, I think I have one. Right. Yep. Yep. And we grew together. And, and I know. And listen, <laughs> people will say, like, oh, my God. And I was like, but if somebody hadn't given me a chance here, I don't know that I'd be a part of grade eight. I don't know that I would have 
because I had to find something. Right. My sublease was running out. Like, I needed a job desperately. See, I didn't know any of that. Right, you didn't know any of that. No. You just, right. I, and I didn't tell right. that in my interview either, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like when you take a chance on somebody. Every one of us is the last chance somebody gave us. If you are not about the business of giving the next person a chance, then the gift and the opportunity you've been giving, whether you realize it or not, is going to be stripped from you. And so in every possible case, you have to be in a position, positioning yourself. And when the door opens for you, it is your calling to make sure you're opening a door for the next person. Now, the next person needs to be ready. So right. you know me, I don't play games. So <laughs> no, no. I was have, like, look, who y'all got to be ready? You Is Sharon going to show up? No. <laughs> we got to be ready. You have to be positioned. You have to be a student. You have to know. Um, you may not have to know the, the ins and outs of the exact thing you're coming into, but you have to show the passion that you want it. And you just don't want it for yourself. You want to be able to pass on the torch. Absolutely. And that's what's important. So it's, I think about that. Mm-hmm. And we work together for some, I'm just learning so much. Cause you are, um, like, I was like, y'all, if I stepped out of the academy and like came to a community center on the south side of Syracuse and found this amazing leader that was taking everything about like community pride and understanding the multitude of issues that surrounds this notion of opportunity and access. And you were like pushing boundaries on it. And being like, uh-uh. Right. Right. And we're unapologetic. And right. I think that is what is so, like, truly and genuinely amazing. Because a lot of folks get to your level, and, and for whatever reason, and people mm-hmm. have them, mm-hmm. that they may not choose to be a part of that fight. Right. You have to um, understand. I think I had a conversation with another young woman like yourself. And the passion in her was, you know, this is what's right. You know, you study the theory behind things, but sometimes it just comes down to the fact that some things are just the right thing to do. And the right thing to do in her mind was people need to follow this course. And I sat with her and I said, you know, all you can do is give the information. Mm -hmm. And at that point, grown people have to make a decision for themselves. And if the decision doesn't line up with you, that's what makes us all very unique. And that's what makes us this world um, so complex is that we always don't agree with each other on how to do it. Innately, in, in the pit of my stomach, I believe we all want the right things, but we just don't always agree on the right way to get there. Right. And so to me, it's what is the end road? What is the end result? Mm-hmm. Because why I may be very passionate in the way that I want to go and do it mm-hmm. doesn't mean that's the right way. Right. Even, though, even though I'm going to do it to the end until I see for myself that it might not be the wrong way, the right way. Right. And you mm-hmm. got to find that. You have to find that. I just had a conversation today with my, my mother and my daughter mm-hmm. and um, three generations of us today and just talking. And she was just talking about what is this? What is this thing in me that caused me to be the person in the room that everybody's mad at because somebody did something wrong and I spoke up? And I said, um, that very question I asked myself, why do I, this work is not easy. It's not mm-hmm. always easy to be the one who, who, who speaks out for what's right. Um, 
and is ostracized many times or is judged many times. Many times in those rooms, you are the only voice. You are the only voice. You are the only voice. You have experienced in rooms with me. And I remember you, you came to a meeting and was like, Sharon, I'm so glad you invited me to this meeting. I was like, because you're supposed to be there. <laughs> right. That wasn't any favor. That right. wasn't any, you know, doing, hooking you up. You're supposed to be in there. Right. Right. And I also hold people accountable because what we're not going to be are tokens. No. And I tell people all the time, I'm not interested in my position, right, as a representative of one that made it. If I'm in my role, if I'm doing this work, and next year I'm still the only one. You haven't done your job. I haven't done my job. That's right. You got to pay it forward. Absolutely. She's powerful, isn't she? We follow Sharon Owens to her alma mater, Syracuse University, where she sat as a panelist at the Afropreneurship event, an event focused on students of color and their entrepreneurial dreams. This is the advice that Sharon shared with them. So right now we are at my, my alma mater, Syracuse University. Really pleasant to be back in Bird Library. I spent a lot of time in here when I was an undergrad. We are here with Blackstone Launchpad and the uh, Afropreneur uh, panel that I'll be speaking on. I'm excited about it because it's an opportunity for me to speak to young people about their business and entrepreneurial um, endeavors. One of my colleagues who is much younger than me and can speak more directly to their needs will be here as well. But I like to lend um, a governmental perspective to what they're looking to do and how we can be of assistance to them. Entrepreneur for me is an individual that is creative and a risk taker. Um, I grew up with uh, under two entrepreneurs, my parents. My mother, um, at age 19, by herself, got on the bus because she had to get out of the panhandle of the Gulf Coast and um, the poverty there and rode up to central New York as 19 by herself. That's a gutsy person, and I don't know if I'd have that kind of guts by myself. So my role is to speak um, from the perspective of just coming up in the city of Syracuse and in business development in the city of Syracuse, particularly as it pertains to African-American-owned businesses, the hurdles, the obstacles, the challenges that they have, and to speak about that and what we're doing to alleviate some of those. Self-owned businesses are difficult as it is, but when you are a uh, African-American business, there are particular hurdles that you have to get over. And then also, if you don't have the long-term experience, those additional hurdles. So this is an opportunity for our voices to be heard, also to be able to give response, to hear resources, to hear the, the practical um, ups and downs and valleys and peaks. It's hard enough to open a business. Yeah. But it's even harder when that, that, that business that you're trying to run has to be layered with all of the, the, the racial and ethnic and homophobic and whatever biases that this country was founded on and what continues to be built upon in this community. It's so, important for spaces like these to be available for young black entrepreneurs. So not only can they ask the questions in a safe space, but they can also get the um, kind of connections with the individuals that can help them one-on-one -on -one and not in a group setting. Anytime young people want me to come into a setting to talk to them, I'm available. I want to be a part of that. Um, I do it every day informally. This is a more formal way to do it. Um, I hope it opens the door for other opportunities for young people to know what resources are here outside of the campus for their business development. And so that's why I'm here. Sharon, 
Yes, sir. I need you to speak to the community and what it means to kind of build and see, you know, young entrepreneurs rising here in the community. We use the comment, paying it forward. I'm mic'd up because um, Black Hub is, is continuing its series with Dr. Johanna Rogers. She saw a space where at the voices of, of women, but particularly women of color, color and African-American women are not being heard. And so um, that's why we know how to do it afraid. And that's why we know how to, we need to pay it forward. We're in um, Johanna's apartment shooting my segment and these amazing young men, we're talking, we're wrapping up. You know, they're getting ready to go, and then they just happen to mention, yeah, we're going to be heading back to L.A. I said, what? I said, what you mean you heading back to L.A.? Yeah, our apartment, the lease is up, and we need somewhere to go. I said, Johanna, no. If you want to stay here, we're going to find a path for you to stay here. Finding opportunities, first of all, a place to stay, that's not hard. We're going to make that happen because if you want to be here, you're not going to be run away from here because your lease is up. Mm -hmm. And so we had that conversation, had it with Johanna, um, and now I can't turn around in the city of Syracuse without seeing Black Cub Production is behind what's going on. I, I wanted to be a part of this event because I always want the opportunity to speak to young people, to give um, what input I can give to them, for them to use whatever they feel is useful to them, and to also know who I am and where they can find me if they need me. I um, realized um, this year more than anything, there's a, there's a way we address innately, culturally address one another, um, particularly women, that when you get to a place of eldership, miss goes before your name. <laughs> right. And that happened to me all of a sudden and someone called me up and said, Miss Sharon, I really need to talk to you. Women in professional roles and how do I how do I maneuver through the situation? Mm -hmm. So Miss Sharon helped me and it, and I had a revelation moment that I was like, she just called me Miss Sharon. You you call Miss Sharon. So mm -hmm. that I don't take that for light uh, I don't take that lightly and, and and the importance behind all of a sudden stepping into a place of eldership mm -hmm. is important. Because every word I say, everything I do, right. every gesture and decision I made is being watched yeah. by young professional women who are looking to strive in their own walk. Right, like we have to continuously kind of like just build, I don't want to say an army, but a, a, a network of women that can like fill our shoes. We also have got to figure out how to take care of ourselves. Yeah. We are innately endowed with something that makes us the nurturer mm. of everyone. And it's not just uh, racial and ethnic. Mm -hmm. It is something in us that just wants to mother mm -hmm. a situation or a purpose or, or, or give birth to something. Mm -hmm. um, and we sacrifice ourselves for it. We sacrifice ourselves for it too many times. And when we're spent, we're looking for the person to rescue us. And thankfully, there are other sisters who will right. come around. Right. But sometimes we're so spent 
that they're like, you know what? <laughs> we um, can't do that. No, I, I, we'll be back. You need <laughs> right. some time alone because right. you, you, right. you, you, you just went off the rails. You're just so right. tired and you've mm-hmm. expended and given everything that you need your own space. And that's the other thing. And sometimes we're afraid to just be in our own space and have our own time. Right. A mentor of mine told me one time, when you speak up and you are going to advocate Mm -hmm. for groups that historically have not Mm -hmm. um, been at the center of things, you might get invited to some parties. But the more and more people recognize you as that advocate, you're going to get less invitations. And you got to learn, because, you know, as a kid, you always want to be invited to the birthday parties and, Mm -hmm. you know, you want to feel like you are someone that's connected and what other people want to celebrate with. But once people see that you're thinking beyond just your own gains, but you're doing that for a collective, Mm -hmm. they get really nervous about that. You know, it it may surprise you, Mm -hmm. but um, each level of movement in my professional career I went into, you come into new spaces. You know the term "new level, new devil." It's just, and that means you you're coming into other experiences and maybe other um, obstacles that you before that had not experienced. And and each time I had to come into a awakening of myself in in a place of being comfortable with who I am every single time. Mm-hmm. So in multi, when I got to Southwest, I was concerned that I wasn't black enough. Mm-hmm for what I knew Southwest needed at the time. And I, you know, I've gotten to a place in my um, growth and in my chronological moment in time <laughs> that I just, I just, um, I can't worry about that anymore. I just have to be me. Whoever me is evolving to be, that's what you're gonna get. And it may not be grammatically correct all the time. It definitely is not going to be PC all the time. And then sometimes it may be to some people a little too proper, but it's who I am. And I think what I love, I'm loving even more about me is that I'm not just one thing. I'm a complexity of multiple emotions and, and places in my life. And I embrace all of it. Wow. And you're embracing that now as the first. African American mm-hmm. and the first African American woman mm-hmm. deputy mayor of Syracuse. Yeah. And I and I understand everything that means in what you just said. Woman. Woman. African American. This 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 community um, has had multiple women in high pro powerful places. So that is not new, no. but the but the but the wonderful thing I'm seeing with um, women in our community of color in position, not just titles, but titles of decision making, titles mm-hmm. of governments and policy making, mm-hmm. uh, titles that determine how budgeting mm-hmm. is determined and money is spent into who it goes to, mm-hmm. are, is in the control for the first time wow. that I know by women of color. So to close out, if there is a woman, a young girl that is sitting, thinking about one day being deputy mayor, Mm -hmm. what would you say to her? I say always position yourself. So what does that mean? That means depending on where you are in life, if you're a very young girl, you do the basic things you need to do. Go to school, stay focused. 
listen to the responsible adults in your life. They mean you no harm. They only want what's best for you. As you become um, a teenager and a young woman, um, the distractions that we all say, oh, this new generation. No, we had those distractions too, boys <laughs> and everything else, right. and, and, and partying and all that. And everything is in moderation. Keep focused on yourself. Keep focused on the direction that you want to go. Well, I don't know what I want to do. None of us do. We're still trying to figure out where out. we want right. to go. Right. But all we know is that the innate possibilities of who we are continue to go towards whatever that light is for you mm -hmm. and whatever path that light, uh, that uh, there's a path that's going to take you to that light. Stay on it. Don't get distracted. It all works out together when you bring the right people around you the right people and some of you some of you are in some dire situations but I promise you if you allow it if you allow people if you come if you're brave enough to go into spaces that are unfamiliar to you and meet new people you are going to expose yourself to a whole nother view of the world that you never thought about and that opens another door and another door and another door and don't be afraid to walk in them. And lastly, on your journey, you're going to leave some people behind. Mm. And it doesn't mean you don't care about them. Mm. It doesn't mean you don't love them. But to be better for others, you have to be the best for you. Right. And sometimes becoming the best for you means that you are going to leave some people behind. Maybe not permanently, but it may be the case. Sharon helped us think about self-care and at a time like this, how we all can be taking better care of ourselves so that maybe tomorrow, next month, or a year from now, you can be the person that gave someone a chance. Thank you for tuning in to Behind the Woman with Dr. Johanna Rogers. Next time on Behind the Woman. Distraught laughter falling over a black girl's shoulder. It's funny. It's hysterical. I think the performing arts, we are creating a space where dialogue can be had about topics that impact our community. Everything is possible. I can do it all. Maybe not all at once, but everything is possible. We have to take those risks because sometimes doing it afraid is the only way you'll get to the, the next level. This program is brought to you by the members of WCNY. Thank you. VIP Structures, 45 years of integrated solutions offering architecture, engineering, construction, and development. VIP, creating sustainable structures designed and built to enrich neighborhoods and strengthen communities. Experience the creative, collaborative difference at VIP. National Grid is proud to support Behind the Woman because of the energy it provides to our community.